My amigo, Brian. Hey, ¿cómo están? Tell the gringos, vamos, El Paricio. Sí, entendí, pero sí. Sí, es una party, fiesta, Hakuna Matata. Buenos días, amigos. Hair's still a little wet. You gotta let the curls naturally dry, you know? You can't use the blow dryer. Then I'd have an afro. But uh, today we're gonna go to El Paricio, a famous slum in Bogota. We get to take one of them rail cars here. I guess 100,000 people take them each day to get to work. But I'm cheating this time. I'm using uh, a guide, Airbnb experience. I thought, you know what? I have two iPhones on me because one of them can't get fucking service. Um, I got the camera. And let's just have a nice, safe tour today. <laughs> Plus, I want to learn all the history and, and talk to the English-speaking guys. So, join along. It's interesting taxis, man. A little smaller, but they do the job. Trip is about 20 minutes. Um, 14,000 comp. So four, twelve, three and a half dollars. Not terrible, not great, but it'll do. Slum tourism. This is a big uh, thing. People talk about, oh, you go to these poor places and take photos and well first of all they're getting paid okay you know they don't just let anyone come in there for nothing actually I mean I've done that before where I go by myself non-tour guide but it's a little more dangerous but no I think there's nothing wrong with it I think it's a way to uh, get the locals money and put um, a spotlight on the insane inequality around the world uh, some of these tour guide companies, yes, I think a lot of them are criminal. They take 90% of it and give maybe 10, but this guy's got crazy good reviews. He knows like a leader in the, the slum, and so I think um, everyone wins in this situation. Me personally, I love it to see how other people live. A lot of times these places are full of happy people, which is surprising, but um, also to be grateful, you know, how cliche and first world western that sounds but it does it uh, makes you uh, very very grateful and you stop bitching about little things I get a little taste of the public transportation is there something like you ladies keep it right in front is definitely better okay um, if you see a dark alley and you don't live there, don't go there. Simple. So just don't forget that we say don't give papaya. Okay? We say it because here in Colombia we love to eat papaya, and I'm not kidding. So we say if there is a plate with papaya, someone will go and eat it. So papaya place, papaya eat it. So don't give. Just don't don't let the others affect you. Okay? Just don't forget we were talking about the average $250 salary for uh, Bogota. The, in Colombia. No, actually, actually, they changed the rate like three days ago. The basic salary in Colombia will be in Colombian pesos, 1,300,000 Colombian pesos, which is like almost like $300 a month, the basic one, right? But the average could be around 400, okay? Even though it depends on where you live, Renting will be three or four hundred uh, US dollars a month, so you need to work a lot, or I don't know, get two jobs, or if you have a family, both mom and dad should work all the time, 
So it's a little bit hard sometimes, but we say that we are magicians, no? Because we know how to stretch the money all the time. No? Even though you would see people going to parties every weekend, no? Having new clothes all the time. How do they do it? I don't know, but they can do it, no? You have uh, like an installment culture too, like the Brazilians, you can pay in like 32 times over the years? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And a lot of people do that, right? A lot, a lot. Like, if we talk about um, going for university in a private one, most of the guys look for student loans. After finishing their career, they they will be paying for 15 other years. They buy a house, but they pay monthly for 20 or 25 years. No, but it's like paying rent, but in your own house. At some moment, you know that you will be completely yours. Mortgage. What, but like Brazilians do it for like a TV. They'll pay 32 times for a TV. Is that like Colombia? Yeah, we, we divide the amount. So like a type of credit, monthly credit. But at, at the end when you finish the, the payment, like you paid it three times, four times. That, that's what happens in here now for, for the, the interest rates and everything. So we don't care. If we, can, if we have the chance to pay it monthly at least uh, little amounts of money, at the end of the, the payment, probably you paid it like three or four times, which is not a good thing, but, but here is a good way to, to get the things done. And then um, the place we're going right now, what is their uh, average monthly salary normally? Mm. The ones that are working in, in companies, like in a legal or formal jobs, definitely a basic one. Okay. So like around 300 US dollars a month. No? So some others right there, they work in informal jobs. Like selling stuff in the streets or something like that, for them could be a little bit less than, than 300 in a month. No. But they they need to do something, no? They need to work, obviously. They need to earn some money. So this is why, like up there, the like the, the things in, in talk about prices are not that expensive. Like like if you go to Chapinero or something, the wealthy part of Bogotá. No? Right there, you can tell the difference about prices. So you recognize them immediately by their, their faces and their outfit, no? So they go in, hey, what time is it? Then you know that. She <laughs> will lose everything. Exactly. So here in Colombia, not all of them come up, no? But if you're not in a, an empty street, and someone goes next to you asking you for the time, nah, come on. They want something more. Very nice public transportation. Clean, felt safe. I'm about to take this cable car to get to the slum. I guess these slums are a lot more safe than the Brazilian favelas. Um, not much drug dealing even goes on. You can't buy guns like you can in Brazil. Uh, yeah, you can even go by yourself pretty easily. We get some stairs, but Hakuna Matata. It's similar to Brazil, the commute from the favela to get to a decent job. It's about two hours there and two hours back, so four hours a day. Right in the little cable car, and you got the buses. Not easy, that's all. Look how nice this is. God damn, they got luxury. understand that you need to know that in in Colombia we've been always dealing 
slash struggling with two big political parties. Left wing, red color, and representing people, we have liberals. Right side, blue color, and <coughs> representing the elite, we have conservatives. Um, in 1948, history lesson, okay. <laughs> 1948, the left wing had a presidential candidate. His name was Jorge Eliezer Gaitan, a guy with a lot of good ideas for, for the country, but obviously thinking more on the people. That was not a good thing for the right side. Mm -hmm. So on April the 9th, in 1948, when Mr. Gaitan left his <laughs> office going for lunch, a guy from the other party shot him twice in the back of the head, and it started a big riot in Bogota called Bogotazo. In history books, actually, Bogotazo is a division of our history, no? Um, the thing is, people started killing each other due to a color or a preference, no? And that violence spread all over the country. So in a rural area, a little bit more in the southwest of the country, in a region called Tolima, a group of farmers created a, a guerrilla movement called Guerrilla Gaitanista, in favor of Gaitan's ideas, no? But in the 60s, with those ideas, like, like communist ideas, and, and also with the, the real beginning of narco-traffic and everything, they lost the real idea, they lost the way, and they turned it into FARC, the first and oldest and biggest guerrilla group in our history. Then after, other guys decided to create more guerrilla groups, like ELN, like EPL, and M19 in the 70s. And basically, all of them disappeared nowadays. And in 2016, already eight years ago, Colombian government signed up a peace agreement with FARC. So they are not a guerrilla group anymore. What we have in rural areas is like criminal gangs, organizations that are like dissidents from those former guerrilla groups, exactly. But like a big guerrilla group attacking us. Really bad conditions on the houses. It's a really hard thing. So those are families that came recently here, escaping from violence or maybe people from Venezuela, escaping from the crisis and everything. They just look for an empty place, an empty land, build something that would be called a house, and then they need to try to survive every day. So most of the people that live in here uh, are maybe the ones that you see in the streets recycling, looking at the trash and everything. Yeah. We're still a little caste system uh, with the skin color, no? With the skin color? Yes. Like I see right here, it looks more very dark. And obviously when you meet some kind of like higher up Colombians, it's the lighter skin, the European skin. No, the thing is, in the past, most of the African-Colombian people, as we call them, Afro-Colombianos, they lived in, especially in the Pacific coast, mm -hmm. okay. mostly right there. But nowadays you see them like everywhere. So in here now, we, we don't have like divisions, economical divisions due to the skin color or something like that. No, here's maybe they don't have a good life where they were living and they came in here, no? But it's not because they're, they're skin color. Yeah, exactly, more, more coastal yeah. actually. So this is why, basically. Um, but no, here in Colombia, so talking a little bit about that thing, racism is not a thing. Lives in a middle class, so from two to maybe five, just a little part in number six, and just a little part in number one. But this part in here, as you can see, could be considered like a zero. Definitely, no? Teen was, uh, Petro was part of that, right? Yes, exactly. Our current president was in the 1970s part of a guerrilla group, a guerrilla movement called M19, okay? Uh, M19 in Spanish. That was a guerrilla group, but 
honestly not like the other guerrilla groups we call it more like poetic guerrilla <laughs> movement no they were they had like really left-wing ideas and everything but they did things like they kidnapped a journalist like a week but she was in a nice place eating properly and everything they just kidnapped her because they needed to explain something yeah, no so they need send a message exactly so they needed something to call the attention of everyone they stole the simon bolivar's sword from <coughs> from the the congress house and everything no they kidnapped the, the sword and things like that they did mostly that type of things and no uh, killing people in silly lines like this no killing. if you go to medellin it's really sensitive right there because some people love him some people hate him because he killed a lot of people there was a moment when he said to to his guys like go and talk to all of the criminals in medellin tell them that for each police officer that they killed i would give them a million pesos so that was a hard thing being a police officer in medellin was the worst thing no but also he went to poor areas like in here for example one day with uh with his crew he called all of the people okay any of you here he said it this is for you this yeah, is for you this is for you money. he built schools he built football soccer fields he built hospitals he gave a lot of things a, a lot of money to the people so for some people he's like a god a saint person no? we love him some other people especially the ones who lost uh, relatives due to the situation he's the, the worst person in, in, in the life no so i think there is a little bit more sensitive talking about him in bogota if you go one block away from the main square, from Bolivar Square, we have the National Police Museum. Yeah. Inside the museum, there is a little part that talks about him, about Escobar. No, so it's like the um, the, the, the signs that they had that wanted and things like that. No, TV um, commercials about like same thing, rewards and everything. If you found him, this is something a little bit creepy actually. Right there you can see his jacket in a piece of tile with his blood, you know, with a bullet wound, with a bullet hole on it, you know? So that's the jacket that he was wearing when we killed him, you know? That's his blood, shit, things like that. But here's more like like a, an image that could be used um, in, in terms of earning some money, exactly. So, Someone just got arrested. Uh for bringing a corrupt in the cash out of a country and it's like her fifth time. A politician, I don't know if you can speak on it, but I mean, the, the government is dealing with all the drugs, the narcos. They're the biggest uh, dope dealers in uh, Colombia, no? I don't know. Yeah, you can't <laughs> I don't know, that's new for me, keep saying it. <laughs> so you can deliver. He's one of the like biggest uh, social leaders in this community. So he's following the, the her steps, okay? What's up, buddy? Nick. Brian. Nick. Fácil, no? Spanish people got mixed with natives and with slaves, and natives also with with uh, slaves. So we have like six mestizos, exactly. But we have mestizos, sambo, mulatto. No? Then after there were British companies coming to here during the colonial time, they got mixed with everyone. So if you go to rural areas like in Boyacá, like the farmers' lands, some of them would be tall, blue eyes, white skins. But they are farmers, so it's like, are you Colombian? Of course, 100% Colombian. My dad was Colombian, my grandpa was Colombian, but my grand, 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 grandpa was uh, from England, no? So it is like this. We don't have 
a specific facial feature or a specific skin color to be recognized as a person from Colombia or a person from a low or a high uh, social economical class. Any person could be rich or poor in here. <laughs> okay, great. Now we'll start the uh, northeast of the city. Chapinero. But in Chapinero, it could be five to six, but six, seven. Reminder, tell the Bieber story about the street art, Bogota. Okay, so basically uh, street art used to be illegal and the cops would hammer down on the, the locals doing the murals. And there was this famous guy that was making uh, one of the murals in a cop song and the dude started running. So then the cops said, oh, he was stealing, shot him. They kind of covered it up. And obviously they were really mad about this, but then um, Bieber came down here to do a show. And after the show, he went uh, out in the streets and did uh, murals. And then the people that were mad about the obvious, the killing from the cop and the, the gra famous graffiti artist complained and said, well, hold on, you let Bieber do this. You protect him with, uh, with armed guards, but uh, we can't do it. So then it became a, a huge thing and it ended up becoming uh, legal and a huge part of uh, Bogota. You see it everywhere, the beautiful street art, the murals. So you can thank Bieber <laughs> for opening up the gates to, to Bogota street art. Okay, here's some street art and this one's pretty unique. It's the Colombian soccer outfit hugging someone in a pink jersey and it represents uh, the Colombian spirit to take in anyone, welcome them. And specifically this uh, favela, it doesn't matter where you're from, you know, how much money you got, what color skin, they, they take you in, the, the Colombian spirit. So pretty neat. Beautiful buildings too, huh? Love the color. In the community, in general, rent could be, for a nice apartment, no? Could be uh, up to $100 a month, okay? If we compare it with Chapinero, where you pay like $1,000 a month, definitely this is super cool. Uh, a big apartment like this one in here in a really nice area, a good location, and also beautiful the house, I guess also in the inside is really beautiful, you, you should pay like almost 200 Okay. So even though it's not that expensive, but if you compare it for a single person working with a basic salary, will be like trip too much, no? See. Now we'll go around this corner. I used to get water up here. They had to go down the mountain, bring it up on the donkey. And they finally got some social services, brought some water up here. They were lying on the donkey, so very important uh, symbol in the community. We got a little policia up here. Yeah, not gonna lie, a lot more chill vibe than a Brazilian favela. Really relaxed, peaceful. Obviously it's during the day and we're with a local, but <clears throat> I don't really feel too much bad vibes. And this is the nicer part though, of the, the slum. So I see buildings, you know, on the side of the cliffs over here that are trouble. You can't see it. Legal neighborhood called an invasion. You know? They just invaded the land, right? Okay? If you see the condition of the house, the structurally speaking, it's really low, not really bad. So they are in a high risk of suffering if there is a landslide or something like that. No? Great. I explained it before that from top to bottom in the mountain, 
there is just one main road, and it's that one that you can see over there. And from top to bottom, in a normal bus or in a car, can take from 45 minutes up to an hour, okay? So it's really hard. If there's not an accident or a car crash, whatever, on the road, that can affect the traffic. Otherwise, people will need to walk even more from, from the point up to the bottom, okay? So it's really hard. If they needed uh, Transmillennial, for example, they need to go down, cross the street, come up to here, and then go to the cable car station. Then go down, no? So it's like a long distance. And not all of the people has enough money to pay a Transmillennial. So probably they need to pay for the normal buses in the streets that are a little bit cheaper than Transmillennial. So what they do is using the shuttle transfer bus, the green one that we saw before, from top to bottom, in one station before they arrive to the portal, they just jump out. Hmm? So they don't pay because it's for free and they save time, okay? One question, so you said everyone is holding hands and everyone's welcome, but you just called this an invasion? Is there a little battle between the groups or no? The, it's, it's called by the city an invasion, but for the people here in the area, it's just another neighborhood. So there's not like a problem between both areas, no? They understand the situation because they lived it here in the past, no? And maybe right there, obviously, there would be a, some thieves or something like that, like in every place in the city. But like having a rivalry or something, no. And even in that type of areas, we have police officers going, patrolling. So it's not that dangerous like maybe you, you thought, no? Or, or you could think, no? Can you ask Amigo, how much crime, daily crime is there? You know, whether it's the thievery or murders? Aquí y allá. Hablando como de, de, de robos y eso. Digamos, si, si no, no hablemos de la noche, hablemos en el día, digamos. Pues, o sea, Dicen that obviously since it's an, an invasion over there, there's a lot of people looking for money all the time. So like, like a lot of gang members, no? But young guys pretending to be tough. Uh, so if you go there, there will be more crime than, than if you walk in here, around in here. Here is more like legalized and more normal and modern than in there. So in there is more frequent to see robberies and things. So minor felonies even though, no? not, not like real crimes like uh, killing people or something like that. So not many homicides? There will be, but I don't know how many. Okay. No? Cool. Like Gracias. One a month, maybe, I don't know. I saw our local guy, he's 19 years old, and he's got a PlayStation 5, he's got an Xbox, he says he plays Fortnite all the time. <laughs> uh, this homie in the blue. Alright, little hustle and bustle, baby, city center. angry because you didn't do your do your duties at home the whole neighborhood knew what happened <laughs> really gossip that was the first one end of the 1980s telephone early the 1990s the second public service arrived in here the most important of all electricity they don't care about water they're not that important for lives no but electricity they brought illegal electricity from other neighborhoods up to here and they didn't have like concrete poles like in here, 
but like wood stems, not like like pine stems. See here, cool. But not everyone knew how to do the connections, so some people got a couple shocks up there, no? And also, they needed to have a person next to the stem. They were building their houses, so probably someone could steal it to build the house. Finally, in 1998, the third public service arrived, and it's the, the clean water. So, like real pipelines and sewer systems in here, after 1998, not before, okay? That area, in that part, that looks really new. It's actually a new neighborhood, okay? They already have electricity, but because they are taking it from the black poles from here, okay? And they don't have uh, public water or clean water. So there is a truck, like a water supplier, going there once in a week. So they need to be ready with big cans when the, the truck arrives. So it's a little bit hard, the situation, huh? Now, when they were building the houses in here, they didn't have this one to pay for an architect or a construction worker. So they build their houses by themselves, okay? With the experience and the knowledge that they acquired in life, okay? This is why they call this area, or they call themselves the self-constructed city, okay? Which is a really cool thing. And they work it together. They all have been like this, really together, no? Because, uh, it was like, for example, you know what? I will I will build the walls for your second floor, but I need you to cook the lunch for me and my family. No, give me some. No, I paint your house and you build uh, the front side or something like that. So it was very cool because all together help each other. Right? What we will do now after this little break. My amigo Brian. Tell the gringos, vamos al Paricio. Si, it's a party, fiesta, Akuna Matata. Hi, this is Brian's home here. The facade, beautiful facade. Come in, gracias amigo. Permissio, right? You saying? Whoa, wow! The whole tour shop. Cool little spot. Brian, his grandma, and his mother lived there. They sell some uh, little trinkets too, all handmade. I made sure no China stuff. But yeah, this is the neighborhood walking around. So basically, they had like three phases. One was to get uh, the basic necessities for life in the favela, you know, the waters, the electricity. Then the second one was the facade, make it colorful, add flowers, uh, make it feel good. And then the third phase is, you know, making the interior of the homes pretty livable and, and decent. So, but I love when they do this in the, the favelas, the colors, it brightens it up. Bogota. So getting built over here is the first uh, residential being built by a private company, you know, no government. They're just literally investing in this area. Maybe it's time to get a little piece of the favela. Good return. All right, amazing tour. Very well done by you. How can the people find you? Just Airbnb? It's Airbnb, Viator, TripAdvisor, and a lot of different places you can find it. What is the company name again? I forgot. 
the name of the company is Rolombia Tours, like Colombia, but with R at the beginning. Rolombia Tours. And That's you, how you find it. Do you do more than just this one? We do have like 12 different experiences, oh, wow. including uh, gastronomic experiences, walking tours in, in the old town. We also have uh, hikes to the waterfalls, coffee farm experiences. We do a lot of do different things. You do things. the El Dorado Lake? Yes, we go to Zipaquira and Guatavita, to the Sol Cathedral and the Sacred Lagoon of, of El Dorado. Of do you course. do that one? I do that one. Uh, I'm going to try to book that with you because I want to do that one. Exactly. All right, cool. Appreciate it, buddy.